My name is Zach Arnold, and I'm a former Hollywood film and television editor turned career strategist and the creator of Optimize Yourself, where I help artists, creatives, and storytellers just like you design the more balanced, more sustainable, and more fulfilling creative career that you deserve. In a nutshell, I'm Tim Ferriss meets Ted Lasso, minus the mustache, because I am obsessed with both learning everything I can about optimizing human potential while also inspiring you to realize yours. If you are ready to step outside your comfort zone, let's dive right in and unlock the optimized version of you. Hello, and welcome to the Optimize Yourself podcast, where I share honest and candid conversations with best-selling authors, world-class athletes, Hollywood legends, elite experts in a variety of fields, as well as everyday people that are achieving extraordinary things. It means the world to me that with all the podcast choices out there, you have chosen to invest your valuable time, energy, and attention with me. Now, before we get started, don't forget to visit optimizeyourself.me slash podcast so you can subscribe, leave a review, and so you can also download your unique customized podcast playlist where I'm going to send you the five best expert interviews from our archives to help you achieve your specific goals. So on that note, without further ado, let's get right to today's guest. And today's mini episode is the latest edition of my Case of the Mondays newsletter, which is a free newsletter that I send out exclusively to my subscribers every Monday morning. And it contains my latest thoughts, strategies, and tips for better managing the crazy balancing act between work and life. I don't know about you, but I would rather design a career where I am excited about Mondays instead of dreading them. To be the first to receive next week's newsletter, to read today's episode in addition to listening to it, and for access to all of the past newsletters in the case of the Monday's archives, simply visit optimizeyourself.me slash Mondays. In last week's newsletter, which I titled, Is It Time to Prepare for the Rise of the Machines? I shared the following thought that disturbed more than a few readers. Either AI works for us or we work for AI. There is no third option. One reader responded with, this is the most depressing newsletter you've ever written, but I also just realized that you're right. My intention is not to depress you, but instead prepare you. The genie is out of the bottle, and no amount of hunkering down changes the fact that we are never going back to normal. Besides, normal wasn't working anyways. It is a waste of time desperately hoping that artificial intelligence is just going to go away. I also believe that it's a waste of time fighting for regulations that protect our jobs from any and all AI technology, which, by the way, is a completely different argument than regulations that protect us from copyright infringements, plagiarism, authorship of original ideas, proper credit, exploitation of intellectual property, etc., all of which are essential and must be fought for at all costs. No different than countless technological innovations that have come before, see electricity, Motor vehicles, radio, talkies, color film, television, VHS and DVD, the internet, streaming, etc., etc. There is no stopping progress. Robots and machines have been replacing factory workers in countless blue-collar jobs for decades, not to mention that you now can't even run an errand without confronting a self-checkout kiosk or a touchscreen ordering system. Technology replacing humans is nothing new. Haha. Except now, it's our turn. And it's not just business this time. It's personal. If there's one thing that I hope both the studios and the creatives can universally agree on, it's that we must prevent a future where the algorithms and AI determine that ow my balls is appointment television. Yet instead of focusing on the bigger picture of how our stories help shape our culture, our political discourse, and our understanding of the world, this war has instead become about the transition from show business 
to share business. And the only objective is pleasing the shareholders at all costs. And I do mean at all costs. These strikes are not the usual fare, where one side demands 3%, the other side demands 9%, and ultimately everybody compromises at 6% after months of preening, posturing, and hand-wringing. As soon as it was made public that the AMPTP strategy is to allow things to drag on until union members start losing their houses, the game changed. The studios want us gone and our families destroyed so they can literally control the entire narrative from AI-generated idea through final algorithm-driven distribution. They think that time is their secret weapon and that the longer they bleed us out, the higher their likelihood of success. But if we can just avoid the inevitable and unfortunately very predictable guild versus guild infighting and instead unify as fellow human beings across all unions and crafts, time is what may help us win this war for our livelihoods. The suits may think that they're invincible, but they're just as expendable as all of us. All it takes is one or two dips in their quarterly reports for heads to roll. And it's already apparent that the longer this drags on, the streamers are going to hemorrhage users and the harder it's going to be for them to recoup their massive losses from the Ponzi scheme that is known as streaming. We lose by fighting amongst ourselves and playing their game of checkers. We win by uniting as fellow craftspeople and playing our own game of chess. So instead of wasting our time fighting the futile battle for regulations that protect us from being replaced by AI, we instead need to make it clear why we, as artists, creatives, and storytellers, simply cannot be replaced. But first, here's a quick reality check. We are all non-essential. If you have spent any time, or frankly all of your time, doom-scrolling the news recently, then you most likely heard about the historic deal that the Teamsters struck with UPS to avoid a calamitous strike. To summarize months of complex negotiations, UPS put $30 billion more on the table due to these negotiations, saying that the deal sets a new standard in the labor movement. Yeah, that's not a typo. $30 billion with a B. To put this historic agreement into perspective, what the WGA and SAG-AFTRA are asking for is just over $1 billion combined. And if you total up the market cap of just the A players in the AMPTP, their combined market cap is just over $5 trillion. That's $5 trillion. Put this into perspective once again, UPS's market cap is a paltry $158 billion. At first glance, it seems so painfully obvious that if UPS is willing to put up billions of dollars to support the boots on the ground that keep their enterprise running effectively, Hollywood should easily be able to do the same at a fraction of the cost, right? So then why hasn't the all-but-global work stoppage caused cooler heads to prevail and avoid the absolute collapse of the entertainment industry as we know it? Well, it's pretty simple. UPS workers are essential. Hollywood filmmakers are not. When the pandemic hit, we were introduced to the term essential worker. And whether it was doctors, nurses, teachers, police officers, firefighters, countless other sectors of the service and hospitality industries, or even those who simply stocked grocery shelves with toilet paper, we learned how delicate our cozy lives really were. If UPS had gone on strike, there isn't a single person who lives in the first world that wouldn't have been immediately affected. Supply chains would have been massively disrupted. Essential packages wouldn't have been delivered, literally costing lives. So needless to say, UPS going on strike would have been a catastrophe. As of releasing this article, we're now 90 days past the beginning of the writer's strike. 
Yet it's not a catastrophe. And everyone across the globe is still getting their daily fixes, binging their favorite shows and movies. And guess what? They're going to be for a long time to come. While varying accounts differ, it would take over four years to consume everything just on Netflix, and that's if you watched 24-7 365. Now, if you ask ChatGPT how long it would take to consume all of the content across all the streaming services, here's how it responds. It would take an unrealistic amount of time to watch all of the content on all streaming platforms, and due to the ever-changing nature of these services, it would be impossible to accomplish. So there you have it. If we never created a single new movie or television show, it would literally be impossible to consume what we already have access to. So I guess it's game over for all of the non-essential filmmakers in Hollywood, right? We may be non-essential, but what about our work? What the pandemic also taught us is that entertainment, the arts, and most importantly, stories are absolutely essential to our survival. I cannot even fathom how much higher the depression and suicide rates would have been if we couldn't have collectively binged Tiger King or Ted Lasso or The Queen's Gambit or Cobra Kai. And full disclosure, I'm an editor and associate producer for Cobra Kai. Now, even if all you did during lockdown was hunker down in the basement, catching up on the classics or binging the Golden Girls, stories are what kept us from going insane. Just imagine if we didn't have music, books, paintings, poetry, photography, television, and films to help us make sense of the massive uncertainty that we were collectively experiencing. As we were forced to hit the pause button and reflect on our own life choices, and more importantly, the fragility of our mortality, it was stories that helped us make sense of our place within the world. It is no coincidence that Contagion skyrocketed into the global top 10 films in early 2020. So now here we are just three years later, once again, involuntarily forced to reflect on our life choices and our mortality. Only now it's not a deadly virus that's brought us here. It's the emergence of artificial intelligence. Minus the masks, we've simply updated to COVID 2.0. And with this latest update, not only are we collectively forced once again to reflect on our life choices, we're now also forced to reflect on our identity. If software can replace us, then who the hell are we? Listen, I am not a technologist. I don't understand how artificial intelligence is designed and I don't know how it works. I certainly don't know how it thinks, but I do know people. And despite thinking that we're logical beings, we're actually pure balls of emotion wrapped in a logical candy-coated shell. And right now, the fear is driven by something much larger than an economic crisis. We are having an identity crisis. AI technology will rapidly wipe out countless tasks, jobs, and entire career paths that are specialized, predictable, and repeatable. With the recent introduction of tech like ChatGPT and generative AI, the jobs and careers on the chopping block are no longer only technical careers, but also highly creative ones as well. So if we're going to survive, we need to double down on what makes us human. What separates us from the machines is our curiosity. It's our incessant need to understand our existence, our human emotions, and our ability to empathize with the emotions of other humans. There is no amount of code brilliant enough to succinctly explain to a computer what love feels like, or sadness, or anger, or jealousy, or guilt. And even describing what love feels like to ourselves in plain English is nearly impossible. So how are we ever going to explain it to machines? The program's showrunner, well, it might be able to create a shitty episode of South Park with just a few prompts, but AI cannot empathize with our collective fear and anxieties. 
no different than at any previous time in history, in order to cope with our evolving world, we need new, engaging, and relevant stories. We need to feel like we're not alone. And no amount of binging AI-generated episodes of Law & Order Topeka is going to change that. But make no mistake, AI as a creative tool is the future of filmmaking. Filmmakers are not going to be replaced by AI. However, filmmakers will be replaced by filmmakers that are using AI. In order to stay relevant as artists, creatives, and storytellers, we need to stop prioritizing specialization because all of the highly specialized crafts are going to be replaced by AI faster than we can comprehend. Our path to success going forwards is embracing generalization as our new means of survival. Our value will come from, and by the way, it always has come from, the cross-section of our broader skill sets, our unique life experiences, our core values, and most importantly, our ability to combine seemingly separate ideas into new ideas, i.e. our creativity. The industrialization machine has conditioned us for generations to believe that specialization is the path to our prosperity. But in reality, we were simply being trained to become widgets on the assembly line of somebody else's dreams. Our specialization has led to maximizing stock prices for the man. Our return to generalization will lead to more balanced, more sustainable, and more fulfilling lives for ourselves. Time is our ally, not our enemy. Making the transition from specialist to generalist is not going to happen overnight. And that is where time is no longer our kryptonite, but instead it becomes our superpower. But hey, the more time and money the rock can buy us all, the better. Now, even if the writers and the actors, and eventually IATSE in 2024, are granted historic game-changing contracts, the AI revolution is undoubtedly going to shrink the workforce across all sectors. And as with the advent of any new technology, with more efficiency comes the need for less people. So no matter how you slice it and no matter your craft, it is going to take less of us to do the same amount of work. What we need now more than anything so we can weather this historic transition is time. Time allows us the space to escape the distractions of the endless rat race and instead focus on who we are beyond our resumes. Time allows us to expand and diversify our networks. Time grants us the ability to have new life experiences, thus making us better storytellers. Time grants us the ability to learn new skills, <clears throat> like AI. And time also grants us the ability to leverage all of the above so we can generate multiple streams of income that are most likely going to make us happier in the long run anyways. So to ensure that we emerge from this war more valuable than ever, we must use this time to one- Embrace AI as a creative tool that makes us more effective storytellers, which also ensures that the AI will work for us and not the other way around. Number two, leverage the unique and complex combination of our experiences, our skills, our passions, our knowledge, and our values that make us human and separates us from the machines. And three, diversify our career portfolios and develop multiple streams of income so that the next time the assholes in suits try to exploit our time and our expertise, we will have the negotiating power to tell them where exactly they can shove their exposure bucks. Now, as time marches on, as our insurance hours run dry, and as our emergency funds continue to drain, never forget that good storytelling is woven into the fabric of our society. And the survival of the studios and the streamers in our new world of limitless entertainment still depends on people paying for compelling stories. It's not going to take the studios long to discover that AI without creatives in the driver's seat is only going to lead us closer to idiocracy. 
So every time you think about how they're coming for our houses, never forget that as much as the Hollywood suits hate us, they will always need us.